This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Gav Buckland, Adam Jones and Sam Carroll and it is Derby Week of course. We will be previewing and looking ahead to Goodison for 15 on Sunday for the visit of Liverpool. Also reflecting on a confidence boosting victory at Cardiff, um, talking about the unlikely but very welcome performance of Morgan Schneidlin and we'll discuss whether that performance has given hope for him that his future remains at Goodison. And also we'll be getting through some of the questions we were unable to get through on Wednesday night when we had our first ever Royal Blue live event at the Baltic Market. Uh, A really enjoyable evening. Um, Just run out of time, so we'll try and get through some of your questions. So hopefully if you're there and listening, you'll get your question answered. Um, Adam, Tuesday night, Cardiff Mm -hmm. 3-0. Shoot, green shoots of recovery at the end, nutmegs and through balls, and yeah, finishing with a flourish. We're yeah. back, aren't we? Yeah, that last that last twenty minutes was harking back to what we were seeing in the likes of October and November. You know, like it just looked extremely comfortable. I don't think Cardiff threatened too much throughout the night. If we we're honest, uh, Jordan Pickford was probably a little bit chilly down at <laughs> his end of the pitch. He really didn't have anything to do apart. Was he from- getting the rave on though? Probably not. To keep himself warm. Not unless he was raving to Triple H's walk-on music at halftime, <laughs> which is possible. Uh, but for that first hour, like while Cardiff weren't really threatening that much, there was still, you know, those nerves were still yeah. jangling around. You know, uh, it was interesting to see Phil Jagielka brought back into the uh, into the starting lineup, and that first minute nearly went really badly wrong for him with that uh, little slip. But I think he recovered quite well. But uh, it was quite obvious that Cardiff were just trying to lump it to that Kenneth as a whore. It's a massive unit and they were just trying to disrupt Everton in any way, shape or form that they possibly could. And for that first hour, they were making it quite difficult uh, for Silver's side. But as soon as he brought on Bernard, uh, the game completely switched on its head. He had manga on a plate, <laughs> essentially. It showed that perfectly with the second goal. And then after we went 2-0 up, uh, there was no real way back to Cardiff. We're going to get into it. And then, as you said, you've seen, even seen just a guy pulling out some nutmegs and a really well-weighted pass for Calvert-Lewin to finish it off. So, you know, it really, like, might not have been the best performance of the season, but it's a really good way to start building confidence back up again ahead of this weekend. Gav, important for Marco. Now, I know you've rightly preached stability and you know many of us probably listening yeah. to this would agree and, and I'm certainly one of those but unmistakably you know you couldn't hide from the fact that a defeat would have well we don't know how damaging it would have been you know the club have have, have made all the right noises but modern football and recent good yeah. history dictates that you can never be certain of that so an important evening for it to have gone well for Marco after a 17 day break um when the general consensus was we've got to work on lots of things and think of maybe a different way of playing. You've got to come out and do something a little bit different and get a result, haven't you? To show that actually you've actually been thinking through stuff over the last couple of half, two and a half weeks and that was reflected in the lineup for a start, which when I saw that, I thought, <laughs> you know, uh, probably like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. But in the end, they then justified the means. So desperately important result for Marco also in the context of the Derby week. So it was the result was great. And as Adam alluded to there, the last 15, 20 minutes, we actually looked as though we were got a bit of confidence, mm. um, which has not been there for, for a while. And uh, yeah, vitally important. 
Sam, a man whose emotions are never Tony are extremes often. Uh, you were fearful going into the game. Um, <laughs> fearful's, we, fearful's putting it lightly. Thought we'd get beat 4-0. Yeah. <laughs> but, but having seen the result and, and, and watched the way that the, the team played, are you confident that we're back or getting back onto the straight and narrow or is it too soon for that? Yeah, I think it's too soon for that. I think uh, one of the good things that came out of it was that if we do want to sell a Drissa Garnagay in the summer, any PSG fans watching his highlight reel, from yeah. that game yeah. or think he's like Messi or something <laughs> think they're getting an attacking midfielder yeah. so that's that's clearly putting an extra 5 mil on uh, on Gazer but to be honest think we're any other opposition now I think if we were playing any other of the top 6 I would I would definitely be thinking you know we'll go into this we'll be up for it but you know we are playing our arch nemesises you know that we'll get every single unlucky thing going against us and you know it's, it's about how we battle and I think it's going to be key how we start I think, as Adam alluded to there, and, and yourself, I think we need to kind of take that final 20 minutes of Cardiff and, and put that into the first 20 minutes because you need the crowd to react and you need yeah. the crowd to get up for Sutton. And I know there's been a lot of debate about the atmosphere this season, but, you know, fans still need the events on the pitch to, to fully get behind them. You know, I've got no doubt that before kickoff and when the game gets going, Goodison will be rocking and it'll be, it'll be a fantastic atmosphere. But I'd love to see us really start well mm. in those first 20 minutes and... You know, in, in those games, you need a couple of tackles and a couple of little moments to to get them going even more. And, and I hope we we can see that. And you know, definitely going into that second half of the Sutton to play for of the Sutton to you know attack the Gladys Street with, then that'll be I think where Everton's chance would lie in getting a first victory since 2010 when I was just 40, a wee 14 year old nipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, hold that thought about about. Atmosphere and, and and Sunday we will come on to the derby, which want to stay with with Cardiff. Adam, as Gav mentioned, the surprise team. We we knew Jags was probably going to play. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I nobody, 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 nobody expected Morgan Schneider to be yeah. in the starting eleven. It's you know it's a surprise when he's in the squad. So yeah. how well you know how well did he play? Uh, extremely. Like I think. I think I wrote in my analysis, I think that's probably the best we've seen from Morgan Schneiderlin since that first half a season that he had at the club. Nearly two think, years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's quite similar to Jaggy Elker. He had a bit of a shaky start, yeah. let's say. Uh, he didn't make as big a mistake as Jaggy Elker, obviously, but, you know, he's still getting his eye in with his passing range and obviously, you know, his mobility around the pitch was still getting up to speed again. But I think once he got the first 15, 20 minutes of the match out of the way, and obviously Everton was starting to get that little bit more possession, uh, trying to play through Cardiff that little bit more. That's where Schneiderlin came into his element. And I spoke earlier in the season about how it doesn't usually work when him and Guy play with each other because both of them want to sit back mm. as much as possible. Uh, it wasn't really like that against Cardiff because we saw Idrissa Guy get forward and he got forward with some success against Cardiff. I think maybe if he was playing against a better team, of it course, would have been yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. different, but... Schneiderlin sat in front of the, that back four was absolutely perfect. You know, we were spraying some amazing passes, I think probably the best of which set up the first goal. Uh, that passed down the line to Coleman, lovely weight on it. And uh, he was playing those kind of passes throughout the 90 minutes, really. And it alludes back to comments that Silver made in pre-season, saying how good Morgan Schneiderlin's profile is for that number six role yeah. in the system that he wants to play. And I think... I think it it has absolutely shown that he's got a future at Everton if if he wants to be here. Obviously, he's said in the past that, you know, he's hinted that he might want to move away. But, you know, if he's playing like that every week, Everton fans are going to 
absolutely get behind him because he put he put a hundred percent effort in and he got the rewards out of it definitely. Gav, Simon off the flanks, gone. Has he got a future? You know, what's I think? I think what I'd say about him. Well, what I, what I'd say about sorry. Um, Would you sell him for two mil, Gav? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give a serious answer. <laughs> and um, I said all. You know, my my man says in the box. I said to me, you need you need a hold midfielder and then somebody you can do a little bit yeah. box to box like I. We 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 needed that all season and we've not had that at all when Snyderland's not been in the team. And for me, on Tuesday, it was vindication of that. We're that our most organised and best balanced lineup when Snyderland or somebody plays that holding role. So I think for the near future, if that's what they've worked out in the last two and a half weeks, that that's what we need to do to move forward, then I think he has got a future. Bearing in mind also that he's on big money mm. and uh, I don't know whether it was a brand said, was it early on the season or during the season that? He didn't want big players on big money not being involved in the team. He felt it was a waste or something, or they right. should go. And and I think um, we've got to make use of him if we're paying him hundred and the reported hundred odd grand a week. Mm. Uh, and I think it's that role for us is vital. Whether we play Garner Gay or Gomez in that box to box role is another mm. another question for me, which is for another day. But we look far better balanced than that, as Adam said. Now protect the back four, and he, he moved the ball around the pitch better, and he has got a future. Mm-hmm. I think, as Adam said, it's entirely up to Morgan Schneiderlin. I think one of the, in a weird way, the compliment for Schneiderlin last season is that Evertonians won't ever get frustrated with someone that they know doesn't have the quality. You know, someone like Dennis Strachulaz, he kind of stands out as a good example. You know, obviously wasn't a, a, a natural Premier League player, but he put everything into the pitch. And the most infuriating thing about last season was that what we've seen under Koeman for the second half of the season was that a confident Schneiderlin had all the attributes to play central midfield in the Premier League and do it for, for the top club. Uh, and the problem was last season, he just didn't really look like he was up for a fight when Everton really needed him. Uh, and almost seemed like a bit of a luxury player, which <laughs> you don't really want to be describing your defensive midfielder as. <laughs> Wasn't a season for luxury players. No, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. And, uh, and, and, and weirdly, when we got to the... We went to watch the match... Uh, at the pub in midweek and weirdly when we got there we got there just in time for the goal and I only seen the eight on the back of his shirt and I spent ten minutes telling me mate how good Andre Gomez was for that pass <laughs> in behind to Seamus <laughs> Coleman right. and it was only when someone took me to one side did you look very similar to be fair it was only when someone took me to one side and said they were watching on one of those weird streams to be fair so it wasn't mm. too much my fault but you know, he's got down his locker and it would, it would be some it would be some redemption I think if, mm. if he did have a future I'd probably go against uh, what Gav said, I, I don't think he'll be an Everton player next season because I think we could we can genuinely get better than does he, that. Does his age come into it? Twenty nine, a, li- a little bit, yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those ones where I would genuinely love now to see him play the way he did in that second half of the Cumin first season when he first arrived and, and be brilliant and, and and redeem himself in in some way. And, and you know, if if we can use that until the end of the season and he helps us climb up the league, then then that's great, isn't it? And we and we sell him on at the end, but. The, does anyone around this table really think that he'll be part of an Everton team moving forwards in the future? And, and I'd probably mm. say you'd get four notes. I, I, well, no, you wouldn't get a yes off me because... Because <laughs> you're only selling for two mil, aren't you? There's no point. No, because you're only doing 20 grand a week at 29 and he's not going to move from Everton under this current contract for, for, for somebody who's going to pay him 120, unless somebody wants to pay him 120 grand a week. So we had this discussion at the pod the other week, didn't we, about when... when um, Silver so was talking about motivation yeah. and about the difficulty 
motivating players and 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 I said that one of the problem is motivating players who are senior players are on their last big contract yeah. on big money and Schneiderlin's thing is, is that he's in that scenario so he's not going to leave Everton unless he gets an equal contract to what he's got at the moment and I don't think that's going to happen so I think he's going to be here whether he whether he justifies being here is a completely different question yeah but I think if we go if, if he is going to be here and I can't see him moving unless somebody matches his terms then I think we should utilize him where possible if we haven't got another proper holding midfielder which I think still could be a priority Mm. I don't know. That's just my my feeling. Uh, I mean, yeah. in, in, in speaking yeah. of motivation and just 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 for balance, whenever asked about him, and whenever I've asked Marco about Morgan Schneider in this season, he's always said he's refusing to give up, and that he's refusing to give up on the player. And he said after the game on Tuesday that for a number of weeks now he's been doing enough to show me that he should be in and around the, the squad. Yeah. So. As it stands, it doesn't appear like motivation's an issue. Well, but what was he doing a few weeks before then? No, that's the well, thing. I mean, to me, you just get the impression he's been on the naughty boy step since probably the thing with the was it Morales yes. last season, was yeah, it yeah, something yeah. like that? Um, but Adam, I think he did the piece where he was a team, was where he said the importance of Schneiderlin. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I'm, I've been slightly puzzled, having said that he's not. Utilised him more this 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 season. Well, he was the starting. Yeah, he was mid at the start of the season. Yeah. And then he did he pick up a little injury, mm. missed the game or two, and then obviously had Gomez the, came in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's but he's not even been getting anywhere near the uh, the squad. Um, but he has got if he, I, I can't see him going. I'd be surprised to see him go, and I do see a future for him as a role. And I just hope we can get him to, to play that role because I think it's a vital, vital role I think, for us. I think it'll just be intriguing to see how he kicks on from that Cardiff game because yeah. while while he did play well against Cardiff, you've got to caveat it with they are... Cardiff. Cardiff, yeah. yeah. No no offence to them, but they're not they're not a team who's going to try and play through the midfield. And he wasn't you, having to track too many runners from exactly, deep a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. You're, expect, you're expecting Schneiderlin to really look like a really good player yeah. when he's playing against... No, yeah, the likes of Alan Goodison in midfield. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> so. he has been signed by Man United, though, hasn't he? You know, oh yeah, not, yeah. I'm not, he's no, yeah. it's not I'm a duffer. I'm not denying, I'm not denying like that he can be a fantastic play. footballer, but can like, play. we haven't we haven't yeah. seen that form well enough, and, and I'm not sure think, one game yeah. is enough to just say, all oh, right, well he's back in form now. Schneiderlin in top form is easily capable of of competing against top six hmm. teams. Yeah. It's that top form just hasn't it, it, been there that's for, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. From what I've seen, both at Everton in that six months he was here, Man United for a bit and Southampton, easily capable. It's whether his head's there and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And whether we get the balance right. Yeah. Because you might you might see a slightly different not prejudging about the discussion, you might see a slightly different balance in midfield on uh, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Neatly segued in to the derby. Um Sam, what's Klopp's game calling it our World Cup final? Oh. What's he on? <laughs> don't get me started. Well, I'm don't. getting you started, so cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just don't get it. Like, I just, Mind games? I, I, or is I, he just disrespecting Everton? Or what did, what did you I, take from I think from he's, just, he's just generally disrespectful all the time. Like there was last season when he was wishing, <laughs> wishing relegation upon West Brom. Was he? Uh, after they drew 2-2 at the Hawthorns and said that they'd purposefully dried out the pitch. Right, and the, the good luck to them in the championship before they'd been relegated, uh, playing on that pitch, which was just disrespectful. And he's just one of those managers who, when the the going is good for him, you know, he's all happy and he says boom and he hugs people and 
when the going's not so good, he, he just says outlandish statements like that. And I think, you know, it was good to see Marco Silva give a, a slightly spiky response because obviously he just embarrassed himself by saying that because of his celebrations at Anfield in, in December. And I think, you know, someone said, I think someone said it themselves, but, you know, there's, there's no team talk to be given for Marco Silva. You know, you, you've got to try and slam those comments back down his throat. And hopefully if we get a last minute winner, Silva does a steaming onto the pitch and runs into the Gladys Street with, with Pickford. I don't think that will happen because Marco is not that type of manager. But Gav, you mentioned it before we started recording. Um, a good response from Marco, wasn't it? As, as I, liked said. it. Yeah. I liked it. I um, don't know whether that was an off-the-cuff or planned response, but I thought it was um, I thought it was spot on. It was a 10 on 10 for me. I don't think it was yeah. planned from what I can gather. I yeah, don't think yeah. Marco had actually been aware at the time of Jürgen saying it, but had been prepped that... This could come up yeah, in the press conference. Yeah, no, I uh, I thought it was a spot on response. I've not got a problem with Klopp uh, saying it. And actually, what if you think about it, what what is wrong with at least one fixture in in your season being a World Cup final anyway? <laughs> I mean, this it, isn't it. It's part of football, isn't it? There's always one one fixture that means more to you as a fan. Yeah. Than than any other. Every 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 whenever the fixtures come out every season, you go to any football fan in the country, they'll always have one fixture which they'll look for first. Now it may Cardiff not be away. a pardon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Night. But uh, <laughs> the, 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 and that's just like fo- being a football fan, isn't it? Mm. The, li- there's a lot of Liverpool fans who say, "Oh yeah, Man United." Yeah, but you all. understand where like the barbed comment is coming from, don't you? Well, with Klopp, yeah. I think are you saying something? You can understand why it's been taken as a as a as a dig at, the, at, at Everton and Everton fans. From yeah, Klopp. well, I didn't take it. I I it may have been taken as a dig, but I've got not got a problem with them saying it. Right. Um, to be honest with you, yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, so what? I mean, it doesn't doesn't mean anything. We, we all we, we all have games that we want to win more in in the season as, as supporters, and I think we're just being a little bit sens- oversensitive. That's just my that's, that's just my yeah. opinion. That's what you're on and, and, and the opinion. one thing the one thing we should we shouldn't do, which we which if there is if there is a rationale behind them saying it is what we all know is about derby matches. We tend to overheat on the day. And maybe don't do ourselves justice. So I don't think we should get. I always think getting too het up Everton in the derby is not necessarily a good uh, a good thing sometimes. And I would uh, I just brush it off like Marco has and move on and play the game on uh, play the game on Sunday. Adam Gav suggests that it needs to be sort of cool heads, you know, and and, and focused minds rather than anything, you know blood rushing to people's heads on mm. Sunday. But do you actually feel that this game, above all others, is actually the game where Goodison and, and the supporters actually need to be given <clears throat> a start and a type of football that will get them going and get them behind the place? Because surely this is if there's one game in a season when the atmosphere is going to really count, it's mm. Sunday. And I think there's always this game that the atmosphere will be good, regardless of what's happening. Like the atmosphere for... The Goodison Derby last season, even when we had Sam Allardyce on the touchline, that was still a really good atmosphere. I'd argue probably the best atmosphere of that season. Uh, and and you are right to think the, the supporters do need to see a really good start. I think, that, as Sam said before, like the first like 10, 15 minutes of this match is going to be massively key. I think it was really big against Man City, uh, how well Everton started. The crowd really got up for it and... Granted, they didn't end up creating enough chances or taking any chances that uh, came their way, but I think that's just 
that, that it's got to be that sort of fast tempo, that fast sort of style. You've got to you've got to get into them for the start. Like I, I do understand what you're into trying these to say. Blues. I do understand yeah. what you're trying to say, Gav. Like don't get hot headed and everything, but I, I think a derby's different. I think you've got to you've got to walk the line. Definitely, you can't you can't go overboard and overheat like you were saying. But you've got you've got to, it's got to be physical because if if we if we just sit back and let them play their game, then yeah. they'll win. There's I, a reason they're top of the league. Yeah. Like we've got we've got to try and disrupt them as much as possible. I, I agree. I agree with that totally. Um, but as you say, there's a balance to be struck. Mm. What I don't want us is going the. The sort of towards the red. Well, no, I don't want us. I don't want us to go like no. the Funes Mori end yeah. of it's, it's just being yeah. daft. I think it's been different to Goodison though, hasn't it? I think at Anfield maybe that that's correct, but I think at Goodison it's never really overstepped too much. And then we've had genuine decisions go against us that still, even to this day, you can't believe actually happened. Like the cow tackle on Ma- Neville, Martin Atkinson, Carragher pulling down Westcott <laughs> in the last minute, the Rodwell tackle on Suarez. So I, I do generally think we've we've been aggrieved in the past, and I think. We always do seemingly strike a better balance at Goodison, and I, I don't necessarily think these this set of players are the pl- kind of players that will, will be het up by Klopp. But I oh, think no. the fans, it's I, fair I, to the yeah, fans I think, to be, because I, I think that'll get the, the players going a little bit more, and it'll be interesting to see if any players do kind of stand up and, and give a little bit to them, because th- that's what that's what the fans want to see. And, and angry Goodison's better. Yeah. And angry Goodison, Goodison is like... to be angry. I, I, but yeah, I, I agree. Well... But there have been occasions, Cummins' first derby, the 2016-17 one one in December, we burnt ourselves out by half-time in that game. Yeah. Mm. McCarthy you know, going yeah, off on that one yeah. killed us yeah, though, didn't it? Well, it did, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we, we collectively as a team, we burnt ourselves out by half-time. So I'm looking for something a little bit more measured over, over the 90 minutes. Uh, listen, if, if Klopp, Klopp's comments make the, takes the atmosphere up 10% more on, on Sunday in our favour, then that's good. Mm. You know what I mean? But what... what I don't think we should get too het up over those comments. I mean, we've still gone on about Benitez calling us a sport club, and that was like 13 years ago, whenever it was. Well, come on, we've got to move on, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and um, every Gavin team... Gavin to... We hold creatures forever. No, <laughs> this is what it's like to no, not, Have you ever asked Brenner about Michael Thomas? That's an age thing, but but this is exactly... This is why sometimes I don't think we do ourselves, just because we do, and that's the thing. And um, I, I, if it takes the atmosphere up a bit on Sunday, I've not got a problem, but we've got to play the game, haven't we? And, and acknowledge that every team's got a World Cup final. They have. I mean, they, they've got one game a season, haven't they? That they want to win. And uh, I'm not really too too bothered. I, th- I think in terms of supporters, like an angry Goodison, yeah, it I agree. makes it much better for me. And we've seen from the game against Manchester United just last week, uh, by all accounts, there was a fantastic atmosphere at Old Trafford there, and look yeah. how Liverpool responded to it. They they didn't. Like I I think Goodison can can easily match that, if not better it by far. So what's to say that Liverpool wouldn't? wouldn't I think bottle it could it? be Chelsea twenty fifteen esque. You know, I, I've got a genuine feeling it could be big, and if we start well, it, it could proper. It could be popping. I think I think the uh, I expect to see me mum I expect yeah. to see me mum using my season ticket stood on my seat <laughs> leading the lower Gladys in a crescendo. I, I think so if she's listening to this, that's your idea. And we'll listen to the advice of the stewards who will say remain season. <laughs> <laughs> the one the one thing the one thing that we've got massively in our favour, I think, on Saturday on Sunday, which has not necessarily been the case in, in derbies over the last 
10, 20 years is the fact that they're under enormous pressure well, I to, think get, to, get a, yeah. to get a result. Mm. Nah, and that, they're, they're, that, like, they're just Teflon, aren't they? That, Nothing goes against them. I, I just think they are, they, they, no, they are under massive they're pressure. They're under massive pressure. The top of the league. Yeah. I know, but anything that could go for them will go for them. Oh, Sammy, come on. You've got to be here. Uh, with that attitude, no wonder nothing goes in, in our favour. I think that's that's the big thing we've got in our favour on Sunday. That, and we need to take advantage of that. They've only won once away from home this, this calendar year in five mm-hmm. games. Um, and they've, they've drawn a couple of times as well. They've drawn home against Leicester. And... So it's it's a massive game for them, and I think we should use that to our advantage on on Sunday, mm. um, and and take it from there. And I think the crowd needs to remember that, and, and I fully expect a great atmosphere on on Sunday, especially on the that was the important results, wasn't it? On yeah. on Tuesday when you think about it, mm. helps the atmosphere up, and it's, especially as Adam was saying, because we played well in the last fifteen twenty minutes. You remember the last yes. the last yeah. bit of the game, yeah, yeah. don't you? Yeah, and I think um, that will help generate something but we could be you know sort of heading in the right direction here yeah and I think it's all set up for us to, to perform well and the crowd to perform well and us to get a result mm-hmm. okay um just before we move on um on to your questions um Liverpool top the team who were second and went top uh at Goodison recently Manchester City we played a game of trying to contain them Sam is that the same approach tactically that Marco has to employ on Sunday, or is it different because Liverpool play differently? Um, no, I think that will probably be a. I don't think you you go kind of Sam Allardyce style park the bus like what we've seen last season. You know, especially I think we were quite frustrated last season, weren't we? Because in those final ten minutes, we've seen that if we'd have had a go at them, we probably would have won the game. But they played a, a really understrength side that day as well. So you know, there's a, there's a lot of different factors going into it. But Liverpool definitely do play differently. You know, I think they have got one of the best attacks in world football and, and, and they matched out with one of the best defences as well I think midfield is definitely where this game could be won uh, still not convinced by Fabinho even though he's, he's won plaudits recently I don't think Wijnaldum Henderson uh, particularly midfielders that are going to hurt you with incisive passing if, if you if you don't let them if you don't give them that time obviously Naby Keita hasn't settled to English football just yet so, so there's an opportunity there in the midfield that I think we took advantage of at Anfield one of Andre Gomez's best games, if I, if I remember that correctly. You know, he picked the ball up and he was driving with it. And I think, again, that was maybe why, you know, a, a little bit of additional rest, you know, I think, was he left out for tactical purposes? On, I think so, yeah, yeah. Drop, he, yeah. Was, he, was in, he was on the bench, wasn't he? But, so. you know, I'd expect to see him back in the team and hopefully that gave him the little, you know, for want of a better term, a little kick up the backside, you know, because I do think he just lost that little bit of verve and that little bit of kind of excitement when he picked up the ball. Uh, so I, I think midfield is probably where it's going to be won. So I, I'd say, you know, stay as tight as, as possible at the back. You know, keep ourselves in the game. You know, Lucas Dean, get the ball to him, get crosses mm. into the penalty area. You know, Calvert-Lewin looked confident with that finish. You know, use his, his power in the air, get Bernard on the ball, get whoever on the underflank on the ball and, and have a go at them when we get those opportunities. But when we haven't, you know, we, we do have to be tight and... You know, there's been a lot of times this season, hasn't there, where your heart in your mouth when the, the other team gets into final third. So this game will be won and lost, I think, on how solid Everton can be defensively and whether we can then use our, our chances with the ball in midfield. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
Okay, good stuff. Um, okay, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to try and get through some of the questions that we didn't have time for on Wednesday at the Royal Blue live event at the Baltic Market. Um, so the first group being given to me in, in, in groups, similar categories. So the first three questions here that I'll quickly rattle through uh, all about strikers. Uh, why do you believe we found it so difficult, difficult to bring in a striker when it's been clear it's the area we are lacking in since Lukaku left? That was one from Cameron Hughes. Who is a realistic target for a striker in the summer? Leanne and Robbie. Uh, we've been linked with Rondon. Hopefully it's not true. But what striker do you think would solve Everton's attacking problems? No name on that one. Um, Gav, so basically, why haven't we signed a striker and who should we sign? Because uh, everybody else is trying to sign a striker as well, to be fair. And that's one of the problems. They're precious commodities, aren't they? Um, and I think that that's one of the main reasons. I would say, and we've got strikers on our books, and we need to balance the books as well. So we may not sign a strike until we get rid of uh, one of the people we've got playing up there at the moment. Ad, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think if if we're talking about January specifically, I think I just don't think the value's there to go into the January markets, especially when you want to sign, you know, a striker that's probably going to last you, you know. Five, six, seven years. I think. Probably, I think. I think. One more. of the points that came across on Wednesday, and probably from one of those questions, was that the club really knew Lukaku was going. Yeah. Early seventeen. Yet mm. we're still talking in early nineteen, and he mm. hasn't been replaced. <laughs> we we were hoping Cenk Tosin would be that replacement, yeah. though, weren't we? And that's not particularly worked out very well. I think that's we can all really agree on that. Uh, in terms of a striker, I like I've I've always said Michi Batshuayi would be a fantastic fit for Everton. I've I've said well probably not at the price that he'd be like well not at the rumored price that he was going for in January anyway mm. but uh, at a decent price I think I think he'd be a fantastic fit. Sam yeah. is, is a striker. Do you want Ron Don as was rumored <laughs> la- last week? I think he was surprising on that one. But Dan Bapp at PSG looks decent. Yeah, don't know what he'd be available for though. Yeah, uh, definitely would not have Rondon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I would just stop sporting Everton before we'd we'd sign Rondon. Um it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's hard to pick them out the air, you know, because I think Is anybody playing in the Premier League from, you know, you know outside of the of, of the you yeah. know some of some you know, it could be one of the top teams but not getting a game or somebody who's coming through. I mean well like Callum Wilson maybe, isn't it? Yeah, I think Callum Wilson would, would be all right. That's why not a bad shout. Do you want to interest me Wolf as well? Wolves has a centre forward to be decent. Jimenez at Wolves is interesting. Mm, on loan, is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's, 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 he's looked like an interesting prospect for me yeah. this season. Yeah. Um, big John Akindi at Lincoln City caused his problems <laughs> in the <laughs> FA Cup, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> certainly gave Yeri most local leagues. Yeri Mina being in the team since, has he? Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Hopefully, we've uh, we've gone some way to answering your question. Go on, Gav. Go I'm on. Gonna say Rondon's twenty nine as well, isn't he? I think. I think yeah. yeah he's, so he's had a good career. He's yeah, a decent yeah, player, yeah. isn't he? But that's the other thing that goes against him, isn't he? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think yeah. he's, he's yeah. taken us forward, is he? Yeah. Um, the next batch of questions involve Farhad Mashiri. Um, with the club being backed by Farhad Mashiri's finances, do you think he has controlled player recruitment? And uh, I want no more mercenaries. I want passionate winners who play for the shirt. Also, do you think, oh, this is an interesting one, do you think Fahad Mashiri needs to stop talking to people like Jim White and leave fan communication to Marcel Brands? <laughs> I, think, I think he needs to swerve the, yeah. the notes. Stop he, writing out things on, on your phone or notes and send well, them. Well, no, that, presumably that's Jim White doing that. 
but I just no, there was the notes thing that time, wasn't it? Well, and yeah. Then, so, oh, so well, like Jim, he'll he'll speak to Jim White say, and then Jim White will write say potato, and then you know what? There's a lot of like Jim White kind of. Farhad has said this, which I always feel slightly suspicious of. So it's it's not a bad shout, but then I do also think that sometimes it's not too bad to hear from the owner and know that he's still involved. You know, you don't want a kind of distant owner who you never hear from him and know that he doesn't care. You know, everything, even when it's been misplaced from Machidi or he said the wrong thing. You know, I think we, we all got up in arms about those expected expected losses kind of mm. won that time but I still do genuinely think you know he cares he cares about Everton he cares about football he, and he's knowledgeable about football and for me that, that's enough you know you don't need to hear from him all the time but you know maybe when he does it it, it could be maybe a little bit more directed through you know official channels or, or, or through you know more well respected media than Jim White so yeah probably, probably half agree with that but I think it's, it's still okay to hear from Marcel and, and Farhad both separately have got an opinion? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. This I, I agree with Sam. You know, we moan that when people don't speak when they speak, we still yeah. moan, don't we? I think the, the more pertinent question there to me is the the thing about Marcel Brand, who's now the mm. director of football, with responsibility for all football and activities. So when Mars, uh, so when Michelle was talking to Jim White the other week, he was talking about well, football activities, wasn't he? Really, mm. and it, 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 it is because Marcel's now on the board, isn't he? Yes. He's a board member with the responsible football. Is when we're making statements to the national media, is it actually should be Marcel Brands who makes it? Not does does Machiri, I'm just thinking aloud here. We'll, we'll think that maybe Machiri's undermining Marcel Brands by going. Not, or, if, the, not, not, not if they're to use use the uh, corporate phrase on message. No, no, no. If that's right. If that if that's right, or whether do we need to if we're going to talk about. I would expect to sorry, I was expect to see the team and talking about more global matters like Bramley Moore and maybe our strategic thinking as a club. Mm. Right. When it comes to more football matters, I would expect to hear brands talking in a in a more as to pick up what um, Sam was saying there in a more controlled mm. way yeah. and that type of stuff. Um, which, which Marcel has done. Which has done, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I've not, I've not got, a, I've not got a problem if I had going to to Jim White. I, I've got a problem with him not saying anything. I mean, let's face it, he didn't really say anything that we didn't really already know. Was to it, be fair, I mean, we we spoke about it at the time. Yeah. But did you not think that Farhad's um, it, it's it's his relayed a message in good faith because he felt at the time there was uncertainty. He was aware of the uncertainty about the manager and felt it was something that needed to be. Said. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it was just after the, when the international, well, the break started, yeah, yeah, or not yeah. international break, whatever it was, because we missed the City game in the FA Cup. So, timing of it, yeah, not got a problem, but I, I'd rather hear Marcel talk, no same really, but, you know, I'm, I'm not got a problem with Shady saying stuff. Adam, uh, Tony from the top balcony. Silver's record from zonal marking has been appalling with all his English clubs so far. Do the panel think his stubbornness will eventually cost him his job? Mm. <sighs> Great question. No. <laughs> no. no. Uh, zonal marking, I don't, I don't like criticism of zonal marking as a system. Because as a system, it's been proven... In countless clubs across Europe that it can absolutely work. And at our club in the 80s, no doubt. No less so. Exactly. Um, 
what what people are really moaning about is the player's application of this system. And I think, yes, the player's application of this system so far this season has been pretty poor on the on the uh, on the whole. Uh, I think the only the only time we're using fully just zonal marking is on corners, though, isn't it? And corners aren't really the issue. It's those deep free kicks that we keep yeah. giving away when we're starting to use this weird little hybrid of zonal so and man marking. So I just got a flashback to Millwall there. So <laughs> I a flashback to that City game. But uh, we're starting to use this hybrid of zonal and man marking, and it seems that it's the man markers really that are letting us down. For a lot of those, like we're whenever we're winning the others, it's the second balls that are. That are, uh, that are becoming the main issue. So I think it's more of a case of reacting to a second ball that's been a real issue. And it's not down to zonal marking as a system. It's just that these players just aren't picking it up quick enough. And I don't think, I think it's it's the same as like if, if you're playing a different system, like of attacking, you know, going forward, you know, it's going to take time for you to properly pick it up and to be playing to the best of your ability at doing that every week. I wouldn't expect Silva to drop the way he attacks teams just as I wouldn't expect him to drop the way he sets up defensively. Like, whether it's a case of he needs to get to the summer and buy players who are going to be more suited to that sort of formula, whether he just needs to hammer home into these players mm. as much as he possibly can. No, this is what you should be doing. This is what you should be doing. Uh, I, d- I don't know what it's going to take, but I don't think it's a problem with the system. It's, it is just the application of the system. And I don't think... If we went back to man marking now, if that's now a system that Silva's not familiar with setting up. So who's to say that we wouldn't just concede yeah. more while we're man marking because Silva doesn't know what he's really doing in setting it up. So no, I'd, I'd absolutely persist with it until the end of the season. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to cost Silva his job in any way now. Okay, uh, going to try and quickly get through a couple more before we finish. So, a uh, bit of a quick fire answers on these ones. Sam, who's been Everton's best player in the Premier League era? Robbie wants to know. And who has been the worst? Oh. Worst, 100%. <laughs> worst, David Classen. I've just never it, seen. The worst Premier League player at Everton? Well, you know, from what I've seen. Okay, he, fair enough. Right, he was okay. just, uh, he just didn't even look like a footy player to me. Uh, Got the best one then? Uh, best for Everton in the Premier League is probably going to have to be. Best in terms of how good they were, just generally, was probably Lukaku. Favourite in the Premier League. That's probably not, that's not that's the not question. Then, then move on. I will hold that secret. That's, that's another discussion. That's another discussion. Gav, uh, Gav Evans best player in the Premier League here and Evans worst. Um, well, worst player. How long's this podcast <laughs> there? To be fair, just loads from that sort of. Late nineties era, when we sort of nearly got relegated under Howard that season, there were so many players in that team. Like Angel Thompson, yeah, Angel before then, but just just awful, awful players, you know. Um, so I think in that era, I'd probably three or four that you could, you know, put into that. Sitting on the fence a little bit here, Gav. Did you just want to name? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. It's just I couldn't say. I, I really couldn't say. There's that many. Just move to Adam Phil. No, but got best player. The best player. If we go on the basis of. Uh, a player who is we haven't had that many players in the Premier League era who would be knocking on the door or would be considered for Everton's all-time greatest ever team there's probably maybe one two who get you'd be considered and on that basis I'd have to go with Leighton Baines good shot he's nicked my answer yeah. Oh, yeah go on lad I was absolutely going to agree yeah. with Baines I think longevity as well like he's just been 
phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, there were a couple of years where he was the best left back in in the Premier League. Europe, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, good. That was you're talking probably 2010, 2013, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, he he was basically. Not one say controlling our game, running but he show. was running the show mm, from yeah. left back. Mm, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, under uh, Moyes' last season, maybe Martinez's first season. Mm. Um, and uh, he would be my my best, uh, best Everton player of the Premier mm. League era for me. Uh, who's, your, who's your worst player? Unquestionably, Per Crowdrow. Absolutely. Like, hard, strong strong hardly even <laughs> Hardly played any football. And when he was on the pitch, he was absolutely crap. And he was very quickly farmed well, back out on, to Serie On the Serie basis a. that Per Kroldrup played, what, one Premier League game, one-off Premier League yeah. games for us? We uh-huh. just talked about that. Espen Barton at Tottenham. I mean, oh. four, three, oh. the most inept performance I've ever seen in, uh, in your life. By <laughs> so that's my answer. Good, if, yeah. good answers. Uh, last one then, uh, and fittingly uh, Derby-ish related. Uh, Billy Witt has asked, would you rather finish seventh and Liverpool won the league or eighth and they didn't win the league? So it's got to be a hunt. If if no one, if we don't all answer the same, <laughs> right, I'm right, going right. to storm out. <laughs> oh, oh, right, so are, we, are we considering what, European football is yeah, seventh? B- Billy is, is is accepting that seventh will get us into the Europa League. Oh, okay, so, fair enough. Okay, still eighth. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got to agree because and be, be bitter. No, like, no, I'll, I'll you think about it though, and what we've discussed before, I just don't think this squad at the moment needs that Europe. That's why well, that, I qualify. That, I don't. Think, I don't think it, it needs that yeah, to come in. At the start of the summer, when we're going to need all... And you're going to Rosenberg away I agree. in August. I agree. As much as I'd love that lad's holiday with you, Phil. Yeah, I, I agree that this... this <laughs> How would you be going? Yeah, I agree this is something we don't need Europe. I know I'm the people, party reporter. People, <laughs> people listening will go, of course we need Europe, we should always be in Europe. Yeah. And I know, and I agree to an extent, but I actually don't think this squad does need Europa League yeah. football uh-huh. this summer. Yeah, two things on that though I think for the profile of the club we do and also for the, think finances. For the finances oh, we yeah, do no, you see how much the Europa League even though we got knocked out in the group stages it, yeah. it's still quite 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 a bit of money and, and sponsorship deals and all that type oh, of stuff yeah, have you looked at the accounts I think, I think yeah. the club needs it whether the team needs well, it the, I was, was going to say I think it? it's something that you'd uh, sacrifice isn't it yeah, yeah you make that sacrifice and hopefully like by the end of next season we're well in well in contention for the Europa but, League and then the, when yeah. when it does come, we'll be ready for yeah. it then. Yeah, but I think it's whether it's yeah. whether Farhad, Sasha, Denise, etc., uh-huh. are accepting of of missing out on that money this time and going. But it's for the greater good. Time, we better be in it. No, it'll be quite like, nice yeah. though to finish seventh. I'm full of pull to finish second. <laughs> I've not <laughs> answered my question. By the way, I've not answered better. Go on. to finish seventh or eighth. Go on. Yeah. It's like a lot of the things that this, it's, it's an age thing. This is now. I haven't seen Liverpool win eleven titles in my life. I'm not really going to be bothered them winning 12th and us missing that in the Europa League. I'd, getting the Europa League 7th, I would easily swap that for, uh, you know, have Liverpool win the league. Wouldn't bother me. I, I, I prefer being like us then, yeah, having never seen Liverpool you, win Phil? the league. Yeah. What, what's your answer? You, you think you've had it bad? God bless us. I mean, we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they're going to win the league, they're going to win the league, aren't they? Not the question. So I'm not, yeah. But Billy, I'm, Billy doesn't, I'm, Billy I'm doesn't not, want you to. I'm more focused on what's good for Everton and I don't think being in the Europa League this coming next season is what we need. So, so I'll take eight. Three or four no. different answers there to one question. Yeah, just good going. Yeah. Right, uh, before we wrap up, uh, customary predictions for Sunday, Gav? Wonder if there'll be a booking. There wasn't a booking at Goodison last year, was there? No. That'd be the, uh, the start, won't it? Um, you know what? I, I just think I can see us at the end of the game singing, if you're on the terraces, you can stick your up your backside you know we've won our I way up no cup idea. final <laughs> you know uh, stick your Premier League up 
you know, title where the sun don't <laughs> shine. Uh, one nil in our World Cup final, uh, <laughs> and I will go with one nil Everton. Adam, uh, I'm gonna go for a two-two draw. Yeah, we'll I think it, I think it, I think it, I think it'll be a good game. I think I do th- I do see a good game coming, but I don't know. I, I, there's just something there's just something telling me that it'll be a good performance from Everton, but it just might not be enough to win. Famous day on the Gladys, me mum with a blue flare, stand on seat six and eleven. <laughs> Go big. Come on. Come on. This this is a serious podcast. Give me a real, real answer. Three one Liverpool, I reckon. You asked him. I just I can't hey, look, he's nothing but honest. Yeah. I can't see us winning. I just don't. I just don't. I'm not confident at all. On the outside, though, out there in the office, I'm going to be bravado yeah. and I'm going to say we're going to do it. Yeah. But I do generally well, think... Uh, just to put the... I, I didn't say, uh, you know, I, I do think we'll get beat. It's not, it's no, not, no, it's it's not being negative and it's not being thing. I, I just don't see how we're going to win. Yeah, what are, we, what are we to win on Sunday, by the way, with the bookies, do we know? Don't After know, getting on a uh, Scotty bet. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I want to do. Interestingly, for context, Sam, on, uh, on Wednesday night, the Royal, uh, uh, Royal Blue Live, uh, we'd ask the same question. And uh, I said nil nil, and everybody laughed. So, <laughs> so imagine, imagine what w- the reaction would have been if you had said that on stage. I reckon everyone just stood up and clapped me. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, we're all standing. Well, not us in the press box, but the Everton fans are standing and clapping a winning performance on Sunday at Goodison. Fingers crossed. Uh, stay with us across the weekend for all the best previews. Um, Interviews with Michael Keane coming up, some extra stuff from Michael Silver, Michael Silver, so keep an eye out for that. And, uh, and of course, on Sunday, follow us live updates on all the best news and analysis. Uh, you've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.